Hello, boys and girls. My name's Nick Nieves. You are the listener. So in this episode, I'm sitting down with a friend of mine, Matt Lundin. Now, for those of you who don't know who Matt is, Matt is a former scout for the Philadelphia Phillies. He's a former scout for the New York Yankees. He's won World Series with both of them. 2008 with the Phillies, 1998 with the Yankees. He was instrumental in putting together that Phillies team. And we got to kick it. We got to kick it for a few hours. This was actually recorded on the day that the New York Yankees lost to the Boston Red Sox 16-1, to which is ironically the worst loss in Yankees postseason history. And boy, did we get into it. We were able to discuss these urban legends. And then we spoke about Derek Jeter, uh, Matt's personal experience with Derek Jeter in the minor league system. And I could not believe what he was telling me. This stuff is documented, but hearing it, it was just so crazy and I couldn't wrap my head around it because Derek Jeter turned out to be a Yankees legend. And talking about Derek Jeter... And the 1998 Yankees, 2000 Yankees, just talking about baseball in general, really brought me back to my childhood. And it reminded me of those times playing Triple Play in 99 with Alex Rodriguez on the cover, or All-Star Baseball 2002 with, ironically, Derek Jeter on the cover. And every time, oh, that's a lie. <laughs> Not every time, but often. No, that's a lie. Once in a while. When Derek Jeter would go up to bat, I would always try to emulate the late, great Bob Shepard with his iconic call in Yankee Stadium announcing Derek Jeter. And I know for a fact I may not be the only person to do this, but... Now batting, number two, Derek Jeter. Number two. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to shut up because I want to get to this and I want to share it with you. It doesn't matter if you're from Brooklyn, if you're from the Bronx, if you're from Brea, California, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a Yankees fan, if you're a Derek Jeter fan, you can appreciate this. Now batting over the Yankees, number two, Derek Jeter, number two. Yes, and I, I, I apologize. I don't remember what year it was, and I was only there with the Yankees for two years. And um, before I, I was there, and, and then, you know, when you go to work for the Yankees, one of the first things they tell you is, you probably won't be here that long, or you'll be here forever. Because, That's the case. <laughs> because people, other teams, if you do a good job, other teams will want to come in and hire you, and to, you know, to another position. They'll, yeah. they'll interview you for another job. And they, they, and I don't know that that's true in every aspect of the Yankees, but at least in scouting, a lot of other teams will try to pick guys off from there and this and that. So when I got hired there, they said, well, if you do too good a job, they said, you might not be here too long. Or if you do a horrible job, you really won't be here very long. So I was there a couple of years, and then I went to work for the Phillies from there. And, what, what years were you there? Uh, I was there in 98 and 97 and 98. Uh, you were there for a good year. At least one. Yeah, 98. 98 yeah. yeah. Beat the Padres in the World Was Series. that the year that David Wells threw the perfect game? Or or David Cohn? I remember. Cohn did. Cohn did. Cone. Wells did in 99, That's right? correct. That's crazy. Perfect games don't happen that no. often. And you need a back-to-back season. Back-to-back seasons. year. Yeah. 98, 90, that's correct. And then we, I think we swept, if I remember, we swept the Padres in the World Series. <laughs> They're a big shocker there. 
And Asari. I don't. Who was on that team though? I remember Tony Gwynn. Yeah, they they had they had some guys. You know, I don't. I hate to say it. I don't remember that Padres team very well. It was just two guys, actually three, because I'm sure they had Trevor Hoffman who was a lifer there. Of course, yeah. Tony Gwynn and Kevin Brown, the ace. They did. I remember Kevin yeah. Brown. Other than that, Ken Caminiti. They did. Yeah, Caminiti was there. Sure. Who else? That's it. I, yeah. I, I'm not even going to act like. Yeah. But it was they had a very good team. Yeah. And Bruce Bochy was the manager. Wow. Yeah, three-time World Series champion now. So the it, Giants. Okay. Yeah. But Boach was the Bruce Bochy was the manager there and did a great job. But you're right, they they had some great players. But uh, uh, yeah, they came up a little short in the World Series. But what's and I don't know if it was that year. I can't remember, and I don't believe it was. But if you look at the Yankees World Series championship rings, and let let's start over because I don't know. And true Yankee fans know this. Well, any Yankee fan should know this. The Yankees' color is blue, not black. But if you ask some Yahoo in a sports bar what color the pinstripes are, or when they're wearing the road uniforms, what what color the New York is in uh-huh. on the gray in the, on the jersey, it, it, it's a it's a very very dark blue. It's not dark blue; it's Yankee. It's blue. Yankee blue. That's right. It's so funny that you That's mentioned right. that because when you said, "Oh, people think it's black," when I was looking at it, yeah. I couldn't see blue. That's right. All I saw is black, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy ruined me." <laughs> I can't see the blue anymore. Well, and even for the Yankees logo is the most recognized sports logo in the world. You know, it's funny you mention that because I have friends in Australia that buy the Yankees hats just because it's Yankees. Absolutely. Oh, I don't watch baseball, right. but it's it's a Yankees hat. Everyone knows it's yeah. New York, you know. And it's, it's like that around the world. Yeah. And so what's interesting is, and I want to say... It was when it might have been in Yankees won in ninety. Oh, you see that? CC wants to pitch next year. Oh, he does. Yeah. Well, as well, he, well, he's come back. And he lost five hundred grand a couple weeks ago. He, now he only has two hundred million. No, now he has one hundred ninety-five million. Five hundred thousand, yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck it is. Yeah. yeah, but but I hope CC does come back. He was great at the end of the year. So I think it was in two thousand. Yankees won it in two thousand. Who they beat? Oh, the Mets. The Mets. Yeah. Okay. So, so I believe it was that year. If I'm wrong, it's okay. It still, uh, still happened. It's just I might have a year wrong. Mr. Steinbrenner <clears throat> went around the world, and he had people around the world searching, and he was part of it, to go to mines where they dig for jewels, or rocks uh, of certain kind they make jewelry out of because he went to search the world to find a stone that was at the absolutely the perfect match to the Yankee blue that's crazy and he found it and and I'd have to look we'd have to research and find out what country he found it in but he was Mr. Steinbrenner was on a mission and they've always over the years, they've always matched. They've always matched. Of course, there's diamonds on every ring. But they've always matched the Yankee blue to the rings, of course. You go back and look at any Yankees World Series championship ring or American League championship ring, whatever. Even the minor league rings. If they use the Yankee blue, it's Yankee blue. Mm-hmm. But in this particular year, Mr. St- this is what I love about a guy like Mr. George Steinbrenner. Say what you want about the guy. He was such a perfectionist, and he always wanted everything to be the best. 
the best, the top, the top shelf. Everything had to be top shelf with, with not just a guy like, not just George Steinbrenner, but anybody that's had that kind of success in life. They search for the best. They're not settling for second best. Steinbrenner, Mr. Steinbrenner did not settle for second best in managers, in coaches, in players, in stadiums. He's not settling for second best. Spring training facilities, uniforms, equipment, top shelf for everything. So it doesn't surprise me that he literally went on a worldwide search to find a stone, a natural stone on this planet that was a perfect match to Yankee Blue. That's amazing. And, and it's so believable. knowing found it. Yeah. Knowing how he was. Because I remember, see, I, I, I didn't know the guy, obviously. But seeing what the tabloids would say about him and the type of person that he was, it's so believable that he would do something like that. And that's really cool. And, 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 and people can look it up. I don't remember where it was, but there was a country in the world where they found a rock, a, a you know, a, a, a mineral mm. that matched Yankee Blue. And that's what those rings were made out of in, I believe, the year 2000. They used that stone that he found in another country to make the Yankee rings. Speaking of that World Series, as a, as a, a fan back then, having a Subway Series is so rare. Mm. But having it, you know, Yankees Mets, and it was just so exciting. Like that's one time where, you know, there was a big rivalry in the city, but at the same time, people were still kind of like respectful. Oh, congratulations, guys! Uh, we're gonna still kick your ass, you know, like, that kind of thing. Right, right, right. You know, and it was cool to see. I was only ten at the time, and uh, I, I appreciated it because that was about the time when I was, you know, really into baseball, and it was really exciting. And I remember my mom punished me, and I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch really? TV. Yeah, for I used that's to get, a horrible punishment. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny. Um, I would watch when she wasn't home, and then when she would like come upstairs, I'd run and turn the TV off. Who oh, was watching TV? And then she would feel the TV, and I get in trouble because it was hot. But um, watching baseball back then was so exciting. You know, with with that Yankees team with Andy Pettit, uh, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada. I don't know. Was Scott Brocious on that team? Yes, Scott Brocious. Oh my God. And then Chuck Knobloch, number yeah. 11. Number 11 on the field, number yeah. one in yeah, some Yankee fans' hearts. You yeah. know? <laughs> Not mine, because I remember... Knobloch was a stud. Uh, it depends on who you ask, because I remember... The only thing I remember with Chuck Knobloch is he would throw the ball into the crowd all the time. Fair enough. All the time. Every time I saw him on ESPN. But um, with that roster, I think... That was a pretty stacked roster back then. Yeah. You know? And I think this team they have now is probably the most comparable to them. Um, which is really exciting because these guys are only 26, 27 and younger, really, yeah. for the most part, besides like Sabathia, but that that's expected. But, um, you know, back in 98, I want to I go back to 98 with you. I love hearing this stuff because I remember watching it. I would it. say the most interesting thing about, and I don't, to be honest with you, I mean, you're 20 years ago now, and I was just a young scout, just kind of figuring my way out into that, that profession. I'll tell you what I remember most. It goes, it's Derek Jeter. And I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do... He had a great year, of course, as he always did. But I saw Derek Cheater in the minor leagues. And I saw him make air after air after... He could not catch a ground ball. What year was this? Oh, gosh. It would have been... Uh, that to be like 94 or something. Yeah, 90, 93, 94, right in there when I started out scouting. And he... Derek Jeter, I saw him in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was called the, they were called the Greensboro Bats. And they played, I want to say the stadium in Greensboro was called like War Memorial Stadium. It was the oldest, I think it still is maybe. 
the Yankees aren't there anymore, but another team's in there. But it, it, it's it, at the time, well, the answer would be all the time, it's the oldest minor league ballpark. And it was old, but it was nice, whatever. And it was Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, there was a kid, you know, from Michigan, a high school kid named Derek Jeter. And he was skinny, and but very athletic. And, you know, he was a top pick. And, you know, he, he was a guy we had to file reports on. And if I saw him play 10 or 12 games that summer, I saw him make 15 to 20 errors. <laughs> Get out of here, really? Boy, he made 50 or 60 errors in one season. In the minor leagues, so that's could, I can't even fathom that. Well, and that that's so. So what I really remember is I remember as a guy who was just starting out scouting, and I saw this young player Jeter in the minor leagues. Fast forward to 1998, and Derek Jeter's the shortstop for the Yankees, and he's an absolute stud, and he's a vacuum cleaner out there. <laughs> yeah. So I went from watching a guy that literally every time they hit him the ball in the minor leagues, you expected to make him to make an error, to fast forward a few years, every time they hit him the ball in the big leagues, he made the play, and you knew he was going to make the play. Was he a gold glove winner? Oh, I'm I sure. Feel, I'm, I feel like I'm sure. his career was so long, he had to have yeah, I'm sure. won it at least once. Yeah. But, but remember, and, I, and I'm not exaggerating the number, and I might be low on the number, in, in that, at that level, that's A ball uh, in, in Greensboro. It's a South Atlantic League. I think the total number of games that summer is, uh, let's say they play uh, 120 games, 130 games, whatever the number is. I think he made 60 errors. There's no, well, I mean, I'm sure it happened. Yeah, it, it's I think documented, but it's just so crazy to think about. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, it was it was to the point where you felt bad for the kid. I, I mean, I would I left the ballpark at night going back to my hotel feeling bad for a young Derek Jeter. Before you knew he was Derek Jeter. And it was that bad. I mean, I'd leave ballpark some night. He'd make four errors. That's crazy. Question, though. Do you think he's the most famous Yankee of all time? He's the one I respect the most. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's the baseball player I respect the most. Oh, absolutely. If For for a, a role model and a spokesperson and a yeah. ambassador for the league, I think he would be perfect. Yeah, I don't know how a guy... In today's age, because he played in the modern era with, you know, all kinds of media outlets with um, everybody's got a camera on their phone mm-hmm. and everybody's writing bad things about everybody. For a guy to be a multimillionaire, to be the captain of the New York Yankees, to live in a penthouse in Manhattan, and not one time in 20 years as the Yankee shortstop, did he ever get in any kind of trouble or have anything negative really said about him? That, to me, is... There was one thing I remember. I think it might have been right when they won the World Series in 2009. There were things in the the newspaper talking about how he would have these sexcapades. Oh. Um, and That was a negative? Well, I mean, the way they portray it. <laughs> right. The way they portray it, it was like he would, he would do it. Right. Oh, yeah, Yankee Stadium on ESPN right now. Um, <laughs> he would do it, but then give these girls gift baskets, oh. gift baskets nice. with like jerseys and tickets and you know signed balls and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, that's not bad, no, you know. But it's it's funny that that made the media back then. And I, I in twenty years, I think that might be the only thing. And there's a yeah, the boy. There he is. Aaron I, I just don't. I, I I don't know. I I just think. Um, I mean, if you think about 
you know, the, being the captain of the New York Yankees is a legendary position. Very few people have ever been the Yankee captain. Who was captain before him? Oh, man. I don't think there was a captain no, for a while, I, I know right? Thurman Munson was a captain. He might have been the last captain before yeah, Jeter. and they didn't have one before yeah. Jeter. And there's not one since him. No, Joe DiMaggio, right? Was he Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know. I would but, assume. But there haven't been a lot of Yankee captains. Oh, yeah. And for Derek Jeter to be the Yankee captain and to live in Manhattan and, and to... Uh, and, and remember the era he's playing in. He's, you know, you're talking about when guys played back. I talked to old players that, you know, when I these were old guys when I was a young kid, and they were talking about reporters would fly with them to, you know, on their road trips, whatever. They would, they there was a lot of negative things that were never written about players. They buried it, and 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 guys would go out and drink all night and get drunk or get thrown in jail or whatever and show up to the ballpark. The reporters knew it. They just never wrote about it. Nowadays, a guy gets a parking ticket. It's a story. Everything is a story. Everything. Yeah. So, for, for for me, Derek Jeter, and I'm not talking about playing ability. I, I've seen players that I think are, are better baseball players than Derek Jeter. More Really, more exciting to watch than Derek Jeter <coughs> in my lifetime. But... Major league player I respect the most out of all the major leaguers in my lifetime. All encompassing as a person, as the way he carried himself, the leader he was, the champion he was, is is Derek Jeter. And I think given the opportunity to, to do what he's doing in Miami now with the Marlins and run that operation He's down doing there. a great job. He is doing a great... They're, they, they had to, they had to, they're going to take some hits early on. There's going to be some growing pains. But I've watched the people he's brought in there, some long-time Yankee people that he's brought over there to Miami. I'll tell you right now, you watch where the Miami Marlins are in two or three years. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. But... The thing he's still a Yankee at heart because look where he sent Mike Stanton. Yeah, you know that's <laughs> that's, right. that's amazing. I'm, yeah, he's still taking care of the Yankees, which is really yeah. cool. But I'm excited to see what he does in Miami. And I saw, I saw a terrific interview with uh, Brian Gumble did on uh, Real Sports with with Brian Gumble a few weeks ago. I watched it and uh, it was very it was very uh, very in depth interview down in Miami with Derek Jeter. I got to tell you, this guy knows exactly what he's doing. I believe he's going after running the Marlins just like he did when he was playing shortstop for the Yankees. He wants to win, and he's got a plan to win, and he's going to work hard every day to win. And I, and I, I will be shocked if he doesn't turn that Miami thing around. I really would be. I don't know how he's going to do that, though, because as a pl- if I was a player, unless I was from Miami, I wouldn't want to play in Miami. You know, unless you're brought up in the system, well, I think I think what they can do is what the Royals did a few well, years that's ago. That's what they're doing. Yeah, and, they, and the scouting director they have there, and the player development people they have there, that's what they're going to do. They're going to. You remember this when we won the World Series with the Phillies in in 2008. Seven of the nine players on the field in 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 the in the champion that winning game of the World Series, the clinching game, were homegrown. Mm-hmm. That's what he's trying to do there. He's trying to go, okay, we're going to develop these players and then we'll get that piece and that piece in the free agent market. Because the truth is, winning brings people to your city. I agree. It brings fans, it brings free agents, it brings everybody. Everybody wants to be part of a winner. The Atlanta Braves, when I was a young guy, the Atlanta Braves were horrible. Bobby Cox went in there 
John Sherholtz, the general manager, started bringing in the right players. Guess what? Everybody wanted to be part of the Braves at one point. There were no jokes. That's right. They won. They won like I don't know, fifteen straight division titles, some crazy number. But they were also in the NL East. That's fair. Uh, that's still a weak division. Yeah. You know, it's been weak for a very yeah. long time. But they won. Yeah. And guess what? When they won, fans start coming out. Free agents start coming there. Well, they won World Series too, right? They won, won 95. ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. They but had they, Greg Maddox. Yeah, but back they then. went to the World Series four or five times. Really? And, oh yeah, they had Smoltz and Maddox and Glavin and, and Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. Oh my God, Andrew Tom... Jones. People forget about Andrew. Yeah, Jones. Well, Andrew Jones, one of the best baseball players I've ever seen. Really? Oh, Andrew Jones. Let me tell you, when we're talking about guys you would stop to watch, Andrew Jones is one of them. Andrew Jones, this kid for the Yankees right now, the nineteen twenty year old, Acuna uh, is it? no, uh, not for not for the Yankees, for the Braves. Acuna Jr., this twenty-year-old okay. phenom, right? And that's what Andrew Jones was. People forget this. Chipper Jones was a young player at the time too, but they had Andrew Jones. I remember. Yeah. And Andrew Jones was this strapping, six-four, athletic outfielder that could hit a ball as hard as anybody you've ever seen. He could run. He could throw. People need to remember Andrew Jones. What a tremendous talent! And. I guess what the only reason I'm equating the Braves to what Jeter's doing now in Miami. I believe two to three years from now, the Miami Marlins will be kind of what the Braves were back in that era. And that is a consistent winner with some great homegrown talent because Jeter has the right people in place and, and he's there to pick this talent. Then it's not just enough to pick the talent, you got to develop the talent. They're going to do that, too, because he's got the people to do that. And then they can become the Braves, mm-hmm. where they're consistently winning every year. And then guess what you do? Oh, that free agent wants to get paid? And that team doesn't want to pay him? Well, come in here and help us finish the piece. Be the last piece of our puzzle. You know, they had two incredible players in their developmental system. Mike Stanton, and then they had uh, Jose Fernandez. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, he died a couple of years ago. But had he not, I think that would have been a hotbed for free agency. Well, they wouldn't have broke that up like they did if Jose Fernandez was still alive. Right. They wouldn't have sent Stanton to New York. Um, And Yelich and everybody. But at the same time, well, maybe Stanton wouldn't have wanted to leave. Who knows? Yeah, when they lost, it's such a sad thing. When they lost Fernandez, it changed everything in Miami. Um, He was their their number one. He was 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 a franchise pitcher. Oh, for sure. He was top five pitchers in the world yeah. at and the that, time. To be honest with you, that, it's sad. This is a guy who lost his life, which is just, you know, that's way more important than baseball. But it changed the course of the Miami Marlins. Yeah. No question. So, But I, I think Derek Jeter, um, boy, he was fun to watch Pissar. He was fun to watch pitch to Fernandez. Wow, he was something. Um, you know, I, I think Derek Jeter... Well, we'll revisit it, but I, I, I think two to three years from now, we're we'll sitting there going, "Wow, the Marlins are pretty good." Yeah, look it's back on this fun. and go, like, "Fuck." He's a winner. Right. He's a winner. I mean, winners win. That's what they do. You think Derek Jeter's not going to win in Miami? I don't. I say this now because they suck. <laughs> you know, and I yeah, don't well, see. You know what? The Royals suck too, and they won a World Series three years ago. Yeah, that's wow. It's been three years already. Yeah, Fifteen, two thousand fifteen, and now they suck again. Is that when they beat the Mets? Was that three years yes, ago? Three oh years my ago. God! 2015. That still seems like last year, honestly. But but remember, they were horrible. 
Oh, my entire life they sucked. And then yeah. <laughs> yeah. they won a World Series. And they're still decent now, right? No, they're terrible. Oh, they, they suck again? They games this year. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, they're back to where they were. But guess what? They got their World Series. These so. <laughs> teams in smaller markets cycle. That's yeah. what they do. They can't... The way the league is set up now, the Kansas Cities of the world, the uh, Milwaukee's of the world, quite honestly, which they're having a great year. Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, Miami. These teams cycle. They, they can't afford, the way it's set up economically, they can't afford to be in the running every year. Mm-hmm. So what they have to do is pick their spots. Kansas City, my old scouting director is the assistant GM in Kansas City. I know exactly, Dayton Moore went down there from Atlanta. He was part of rebuilding the Braves year ago, years ago. Mike Arbuckle, his assistant GM, terrific evaluator, terrific guy. He's down there in Kansas City. They built it like they did the Braves. So they went from horrible to winning a World Series. Now you got players that are household names from the World Series. Now those guys want to get paid. You can't really pay them. They go elsewhere. It gets broken up. You go back to being horrible. But guess what? If they don't panic and fire people, those same people can rebuild it again from inside. You got to build from inside, you got to build it with homegrown talent. I don't I don't know the numbers, but if you go back and look at the guys on the field for the Royals, yeah, they got Johnny Cueto and guys like that back in that year. But those were add-ons. But if you go back and look at the heart and soul, probably not the right term because Cueto was great, but if you go back and you look at the, the backbone of that team in 2015 throughout the year, I'm going to bet you 70% of them were homegrown. Most likely, but the only person I can think of, if he was on that team, because he's a lifer in Kansas City, would be Mike Sweeney. Oh, no. Sweeney, yeah, but Sweeney was there. Right. But he retired years ago. Did he? Oh. Did he win the World Series? No. Oh, that no, breaks my he heart. That sucks. He Mike Sweeney's a Southern California kid. Yeah, Ontario, California. I re- he was there forever. Yeah, terrific guy. Legend there. Forever. But no, he didn't get a chance to oh, win. Oh, that's so he sad. That. I mean, maybe sucks. he works there. Maybe he's part of it. I don't it's know. not the same, though. It's not the same. It's not the same. Mike Sweeney was great, though. You know, who else? You know who else is a royal? People forget about this. Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Going back to he Chuck was, Knobloch. Yeah. He? Yeah, but who cares? I mean, <laughs> but I will say this. I, I just think Jeter gets, he gets the... Um, he knows the recipe for building these teams, and he will do it. He will do it. Given the opportunity and the time that he needs, he will do it. It will be, dare I say, it will be the Phillies of the 2000s. Uh, it will be the Royals of the 2015 year. It will be, hell, it will be the Marlins of back in the late 90s. They did the same thing. Mm-hmm. So. Derek Jeter, he gets it, man. And I know who he's brought in over there to run these divisions, to run player development and to run scouting. They're in good hands. That's but, good, then. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. exciting for a few Marlins fans, oh, for yeah. sure. Well, that's it. That's just a little snippet, a little preview of what's to come with Matt Lundin. This guy has stories up the wazoo. You're not going to believe... I've heard them all before, but I I asked him to share it with you guys because they are so unique. They're so special. I just want to give it to the world. So, and you know what the crazy thing is? I put together the intro of this before I recorded the outro, and I edited the intro, and it's like, damn, this stuff is hard. It, It may sound a little messed up in the beginning, but you know what? I'm not a professional engineer. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm learning as I go. We're all in this together. 
So I appreciate your patience. I appreciate your, your, if your ears were bleeding in the beginning, uh, put it on my tab. I'm sorry, but, uh, it's going to get a little bit better. I'm going to work on it. We're all in this together. Like Zac Efron says in High School Musical, we're all in this together. <laughs> I don't know the words. We're all in this together. I'm in my closet right now because my dogs are barking. So if you, if you felt that this brought you some sort of uh, entertainment, if this brought you some sort of value, pass it along. Pass it along. Shoot a text to your mom. Shoot a text to your dad. Shoot a text to your Aunt Wanda. Shoot a text to your Uncle Cosmo. Those aren't aunts and uncles. Those are fairy godparents. So follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook. Guess what? As I record this, I don't have any of those. But when it's up, I will. So the links are below. Take a look at those. Just pass the word along. Go on iTunes. You know the deal. Five stars. Spotify. I don't know what you do there. I'm sure you do something there. Do it there too. It takes two seconds and it means the world to me. Thank you. I love you. Nick has left the building. Oh, there's a lot more to come. But until then, give us a follow on Twitter at Project Anchor underscore. On Instagram at Project Anchor Pod. And on LinkedIn, Project Anchor.